Praise the Lord. This is Jacob Lovelace with The Promise Church, and we want to welcome you to our new podcast, Messages from the Promise. We want you to be blessed by the word of the Lord that's shared here each week at The Promise Apostolic Church. Hope these words richly bless you. God bless. friend of ours I have known uh, brother Anthony McCool literally all of his life I remember uh, when brother Mark sister Jamie were expecting him uh, and what an excitement there was in the McCool family of course all of us we're just one big family Uh, we've fellowshiped with the Knoxville church and the McCools for most of my life and certainly all of my church life Uh, And they are great, great friends of ours. And there's not a classier uh, group of people or family or church than First Apostolic Church of Knoxville. And uh, uh, from way back, me and Bubba, when Bubba was just a little fellow, we'd go, we could, he looked forward to camp meeting. I look forward to the preaching. He looked forward to going golfing with Brother Mark and Brother Anthony. <laughs> He's a little boy. Uh, but we're, uh, we're so glad to have he and Kelly and little Eleanor. Uh, I saw my grandson making eyes at her a minute ago. And, man, he ran down there to Mimi a minute ago. Uh, but we're so excited about having him with us today. And he is a chip off the old block. Uh, his, uh, his dad... Brother Mark McCool, he, uh, no matter who you are, and some of y'all have no idea who I'm talking about, you, you've got, I had the opportunity to meet these folks, but it don't matter who you are, when Brother Mark McCool sees you, you, you might as well be the president, you know, he just makes you feel, don't he, just makes you feel like you're somebody, uh, and uh, that's how Brother Anthony is, and uh, we love and appreciate him and his ministry, he's got more degrees than the thermometer you got in your pocketbook or the one the ushers were checking your temperature with a minute ago. He, I, he started off at Mississippi State, went to UT, ended up at Duke Divinity. Any other? <laughs> Just, hey, but with all of that, with all of the knowledge and all the learning, I'm thankful most for the anointing that's on his life. And he preaches, uh, yes, with knowledge and yes, with uh, a lot of knowing But I want you to know the man of God is anointed to preach God's word. And we're excited to have he and his family today. And without further ado, would you help me welcome Brother Anthony McCool in the Lord as he comes to minister to us today. Let's give that hand to the Lord because he is the only one who is worthy. We're in God's house this afternoon. And I wonder if somebody would just lift up their hands. Whatever you're in need of this evening, we serve a God who is able to provide. Just lift our hands for just a second. In study, I was thinking about Moses. He was abandoned into the wilderness and he started out with his staff herding sheep. He had grown up in Egypt and had all of that training and through the circumstances of life he found himself abandoned herding sheep. Well God, we know the story spoke to him and told him to go to Egypt. Egypt at this time was the most powerful empire to ever exist. God told him to take that same staff right into the courts of Pharaoh. Pharaoh who proclaimed to be the God of the day and God used that staff that Moses had and turned it into a serpent and devoured the serpent of the soothsayers and the magicians of that time. While he had that staff, he proclaimed right to Pharaoh to let my people go. Well, we know as the story goes, the people of Moses, the Israelites, went with him, and they came up to the Red Sea, and the Red Sea was right there in front of him, and all of the people, oh no, what are we going to do? Pharaoh and his entire army was on his back, but Moses lifted up that staff, and God made a way when there is no way. And what that means to me is whatever you have, whatever it is you have in your life, you lift that up and give it to God right now, and He is going to make a way when there is no way. No matter how powerful the army that is on your trail, no matter how powerful the sea that seems ahead of you, if you'll lift up your staff this afternoon, I just wonder if somebody would lift that staff up today and say, God, I'm going to give you today 
everything that I have. It might be my praise this morning. I might not feel like it. I might be a little bit weary. There might be a little bit of doubt in my life right now. But Lord, I am going to rejoice this evening regardless of the circumstances. I'm going to lift up my voice and give you praise even though I don't see what the outcome is going to be. But I'm lifting up my staff this afternoon. I'm lifting up my staff knowing that you are going to make a way when there is no way. Lord, we thank you today for what you're going to do. Lord, I thank you for every individual that has made your way into your house right now. Lord, I know. Lord, I know that the miraculous is going to take place. Lord, I know we serve the God of yesterday, today, and forever. But God, I'm thankful to serve the God of right now. The God of right now. A God so powerful that before I exit this service, that you can give me what you need. I'm going to give you everything I have today. In Jesus' name, somebody give him a shout of praise. Clap your hands unto him. Oh, in Jesus' name, we praise you. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, keep that same spirit and you may be seated. You're going to have to excuse me, though I make no apologies. It's kind of an insincere apology. But I am just so happy to be at the promise. You just look look around. This is my first time here. It is absolutely unbelievable. The pictures online and the videos are fantastic, but they fall short. Uh, They they don't even compare to being in here. This is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I just, I thank each and every one of you all, and Pastor Loveless, for allowing me the opportunity uh, to minister here. This is the highest honor and privilege, and congratulations on this amazing new sanctuary. Give God a hand clap of praise, because he... In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, this is awesome. I give great honor to this great church family. I could, I'm going to just go down the line. Brother Jake Bloveless and his family, my dear friend, he, he preached a mighty word at our youth retreat several years ago that absolutely changed my life, talking about be not transformed to this world, but uh, being uh be transformed by the renewing of your mind and he talked about not making decisions in certain situations in your life where you have to already have your decision made and I was at a crossroads with a lot of different things in my life and he just absolutely spoke into me and my life and I can I'm just forever indebted to him and I love him and his family uh, brother Chase Vickers brother Mike Vickers other Christians pastor and sister loveless this entire church family i'm just i am just humbled humbled to be here you you could have gotten so many different people to be here but nobody i promise you wants to be here more than i do so i thank you all for that opportunity all of our first time guests and all of you that this is your first time i just want to say welcome home you don't need to go anywhere else you need to be here every time the doors are open this is the place amen and i i love pastor loveless and he gave a little bit of background but Pastor Loveless' example and his mentoring into my life. If, if every pastor had the same spirit that he did and every pastor knew how to interact with this world, not just behind the pulpit, but he preaches sermons every single day through the relationships that he has with his community and the school, uh, we would be in a much better place. I could just tell you that. And his example for my life is... Um, I can't even put words together to even begin to describe. It's uh, just absolutely amazing. And I give him the highest honor, he and his wife and his uh, family. They're just, like they said, they're family. They're my family, and I'm, I'm just honored to be here. It's awesome to have my lovely wife, and El- Kelly, and my daughter, Eleanor, with me today. If you need a miracle, let Kelly pray for you. She, she prayed this past two hours while I was driving here. A lot of people tell me I'm not the greatest driver in the world, but she prayed the entire time. So if you need a miracle, let her pray with you. She's really close to God after our our drive here from Knoxville. Amen. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 1. We're going to begin reading at verse number 4. Acts chapter 1, 
and begin reading at verse number four. And go ahead and stand for the reading of God's word. I'm, I'm actually almost getting close to being done with my dissertation or whatever you call it. And it's a real page turner, let me tell you. If you're ever at, uh, here, it'll be good for, if you're, if you're ever at Waffle House and you find your table just a little bit wobbly and inst- unstable, you take that paper and put it right underneath it and you'll have a little bit better breakfast or whatever time it is you eat there. And that's about all it'll be good for. But uh, thank you for the kind words, Pastor Loveless. And uh, I need your prayer during that for sure. Acts chapter 1, begin reading at verse number 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. Everybody say wait. Look at your neighbor and say wait. Don't get too close though because we're mandated to stay a little bit far apart. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. I want to speak to you for a few moments this evening on wait. One more time, let me ask you if you'd put your Bibles down and just lift your hands up to the Lord. And let's lift our voices even higher than our hands. We're giving God all we've got this evening knowing He's going to provide. Mighty God, we thank you. Father, in this day when many people can't even assemble together, we thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to come together to lift up your name and to study your word. God, you know every need that is in this house that's been spoken and unspoken. And God, we know the very same power that created this world is the very same power that's alive in each and every situation here. The very same power that you bestowed upon us. God, we're asking for you to intervene and to answer and deliver. And Lord, we believe that you're going to do it today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Wait. Wait. We live in the age of instant gratification where we expect everything to come to us instantly, immediate, on the spot, prompt, direct, swift, high speed, instant communication, instant delivery, instant responses. We have a got to have it right now at mindset. And the technology we have integrated into our lives and the technology that we've become so dependent upon has created the idea of always being connected. Information, entertainment, communication, one click away, all day, every day. With the touch of a button, we are connected to anything we could possibly want. A selection of movies on Netflix. A library of books on our tablet. Live news literally around the globe. A phone call, a text message, YouTube videos. We're constantly plugged into social media and the internet. Our smartphones, tablets, computers, and even our watches are programmed to bridge us with information, entertainment, and communication at any given time. Posting a photo on Instagram immediately floods our phone with notifications and status updates on Facebook and Twitter open up lines of comments and retweets with our virtual followers which make us feel connected with our family and friends. We can sift through history with the touch of a button on Google, upload videos to YouTube in seconds and message friends halfway across the world with a simple text message. With the internet, there's no delay. We don't need to busy ourselves with uh, pursuing old libraries for research. Instead, we have online databases and libraries that can instantly present the information we need to write the perfect research paper. We no longer need to or play CDs. We have iTunes and music streaming platforms to download music in seconds straight to our phones and to our tablets and on our computers. Can't find a relationship in real life? No worries. 
Online dating websites will introduce you to potential mates uh, according to a digital match of similar hobbies and interests. And you can meet people, I understand, by just swiping through some pictures on dating apps. You can fall in love without ever meeting face to face. With modern devices, there's no holdup. We have access to anything we could possibly want on the internet. And we are not encouraged to be patient in obtaining it. Our fast clicks and quick downloads have made it the norm for us to be instantly gratified in the blink of an eye. Our instantaneous mindset has made all of these modern conveniences feel as if they are a human right and an inherent entitlement that when any hiccup in their function or delay to their expected production, all panic ensues. The idea of us in 2020, the idea of us having to wait or God forbid even being without one of these modern day conveniences is preposterous. And it's everything but normal. For they allow us to move swiftly in this world. And as bad as it would seem to have an interruption with our technology or causing delays and nothing probably stirs up our memory. Nothing probably stirs up our frustrations as it pertains to waiting more than having to wait in line. My favorite eating establishment, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called McDonald's. Have you ever pulled up to McDonald's? I wouldn't say they're necessarily known for the fastest service in the drive-thru, but have you ever pulled up to McDonald's and it seems that that line is just wrapped around the side? You know, my favorite meal there is the two-cheeseburger meal, plain with cheese, large fry. You have to tell them now because they're no longer allowed to ask if you want to supersize it, but large fry, large Coke, and then I get the 10-piece nugget on the side with two sweet and sour sauces and an Oreo McFlurry, and you know how it is when you... Wait all of that time in line. Yeah, there it is right there. You wait all of that time in line and you get right to the drive-thru where you're placing your order and they tell you that the McFlurry machine is down. But you retain your perseverance and your Holy Ghost. And you know, inside of you, nothing's going to get me down. You go all the way to the window and you have too much pride to open up the bag and make sure everything's in there and you pull off and they forgot your sweet and sour sauce. Devastating, right? And, and somebody said, I hope God doesn't come back while we're waiting in line at a drive-thru. And I say amen to that. But it just, it's frustrating to have to wait. Or what about waiting in line at the DMV? You go to get your license. Oh, man. Go to get your driver's license or whatever it is that you need. And you get that little ticket and you're... Ticket number 37. There's only 36 more people in front of you, you know. Nothing, nothing is more frustrating. Or what about waiting in line at Walmart? Some of you all are getting uncomfortable right now. You're starting to pull that mask down and just take a couple deep breaths. It's going to be all right. Oh, we don't like waiting. What about waiting in line at the airport? Oh, man. You just got off of a long flight, and you're trying to get on your connection, hoping to grab something to eat, and there you go. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Or lastly, probably the worst in my opinion, waiting in line on the phone. Waiting on the phone line. You get that beautiful message all of our agents are busy at this time, and your call is very important to us. Please stay on the line, and your call will be answered in the order it was received. Your estimated waiting time is 40, and then they go up on the seven, 47 minutes. And as soon as you start talking to that customer service representative, after you've waited for 47 minutes, the call drops. 
and then you call back and you go through all of that automated deal again and then finally you've had it and you're hitting zero and they're trying to tell you, please let us know how we can help you and you're just like, customer service, customer service, customer service. We do not like to wait. We're not trained in any capacity in 2020 to wait. But I want to talk to us for a few moments about waiting tonight. In Luke 2, verse 25, it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit, notice, into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Simeon was on up in age at this time. He was a devout man and he was a prophet. And God favored him so highly as to assure him of this particular revelation. That he should not die until he lay his eyes on the Messiah. Simeon lived every day for the prophecy to be revealed. He was living in expectation of the coming Messiah. No doubt his faith would be tested during this waiting period to see Jesus. But every year older he got, his mindset was not, I wonder if this is really going to happen. No, but every year older he got, he said, I'm getting closer and closer to Jesus revealing himself. The older he grew, the more sure Simeon became that the birth of Jesus was near. It's not hard to surmise that probably doubt or frustration would try to attack his mind. It's not hard to imagine that others calling and would call him foolish for believing that Christ would soon come. He didn't know when. But as his hair whitened and as his steps began to slow, every year older he knew that Jesus was closer to reveal himself. He was a man of the Spirit. Our verse says he was devout. The Spirit was upon him. The promise was revealed to him through the Spirit. And he was moved by the Spirit to go to the temple. He was living in expectation and he had a promise from God. I want you to know there are some of you this afternoon who have received a promise from God. But like Simeon, you are having to wait. I can't tell you when tonight, but Simeon shows us what faithful waiting looks like. Let our response be one of complete devotion to his word. Simeon was a man in the spirit. The promise came to him through the spirit. And the spirit called him to action to go to the temple. Because that is where the promise was going to be revealed. The Spirit will not lead you into fear. The Spirit will not lead you into doubt. The Spirit will not cause you to succumb to the words of the scoffers. The Spirit will not lead you away from the temple. The Spirit will not lead you out of the house of God. It will lead you to it because that's where you can see Jesus. That's where you can see the promise He has for you revealed. That's where you can get salvation. And I want you to know that I'm thankful. And I know you are thankful for a temple that I can't find a more appropriate name for than the promise. Oh, there was nothing like driving. And I, I knew we were coming to a new, uh, the new sanctuary, but there was just like nothing like driving up and seeing this beautiful sanctuary and posted right out on the front of it was 
the promise. And I'm thankful tonight for a temple that we can assemble in. A temple where we can come and see Jesus. A temple where promises can be fulfilled. I've got news for you. Whatever it is you have need of, you're in the right place. And you're here at the right time because this is the place. It's named so, the promise. This is the place where promises can be answered and restored to. In Acts 1, Luke opened the Acts narrative by explaining to Theophilus that in his gospel he was writing. He was going to write about all that Jesus began to both do and teach. Luke was about to write on what Jesus continued to do after his ascension. No longer was Jesus in physical presence, but by his spirit through the disciples. Luke also uniquely portrayed the Christian movement unfolding according to the plan of God. And God's plan continually challenged the paradigms of the early church. So bring us to our key text Acts 1 verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. Just like Simeon. Simeon had to wait for the birth of Jesus, for that promise to be revealed. And the disciples are now commanded to wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, for John... Truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Before the apostles were instructed to go, they were instructed to wait. The apostles' obedience and patience would be rewarded with the promise of the Father. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, something no one had ever experienced before, but they were commanded. To wait. We have truly been in a season that could be defined and described and characterized by nothing less than a waiting one. Mandated to wait at home. Extended phases of waiting before returning to church. Before going back to school, you've got to wait to go back to work. Just a a few weeks you've got to wait. Weeks turned into months. And now we're on the second half of the year. We're we're, we're waiting to get back to normal. Some of you right now feel that everything was going your way. We we, we started this year of 2020, you know, with vision. You know, 2020 vision. And you had these goals and all of these aspirations. And this was going to be your year and you were going to take hold and you were going to take that next step and you felt like everything was going your way. You had the resources. You had the relationship with Jesus. We're in our new church building. Things were finally starting to look up and now you saw yourself at a certain achievement point in life and and now instead of fighting for that goal and instead of being out scraping and clawing in the arena of life, you have been mandated to wait two weeks. Three weeks, four weeks, Lord, when, when can I return back to work as I once was? When can I go back to school? Uh, when can we start sports back? When, when can I have practice back? You know, I hate it for those seniors last year, but that's not going to happen to me this year. But, oh my goodness, here I am at the start of school and, and things are still a little bit shaky. Things are still a little bit uncertain. When, when can I start my games back or are we indeed going to be able to play them? What, what are we going to do? We uh, wait, uncertainty, uh, doubt. Questions. When, Lord, are the doors going to open back up for me? When am I going to take that next step in my ministry? Some, it it might be a promotion you've been waiting for. It it might be a relationship. It it might be healing of your body for you or a loved one. You you may be waiting for the salvation of your family. You know, Lord, I I believe in in the story of the prodigal son and training my children up in the ways they should go. And when they're old, they weren't departing. Father, I've, I've been faithful. I've been at every service. And I've, I've prayed and I've fasted. But Lord, they're still not here. And Lord, I, I'm not doubting and I'm not being a skeptic, Lord. But you know, I've been faithful. When is it going to happen? 
It's been surgery after surgery, and I've, I've prayed for healing over and over and over. But when am I going to be at the end of this thing, Lord? Lord, your word says that you're the healer, but, but how long? How long am I going to have to wait? I know this mighty praise team, they, they sing about you being the deliverer, Lord, and I rejoice and I, and I sing with them and I praise, but why am I still having to fight in my afflictions? Lord, I, I know you're the source of my joy, but, but Father, when I leave the church house on Monday morning, depression and anxiety just begins to attack my mind, Father, and, and I, I want to get deliverance and I'm doing everything that I can and everything that I know how to do and I study your word and I'm faithful to everything every service. I'm devout. Father, how long? How long do I have to to wait? Jesus had been with the disciples. He had eaten with them. He had prayed with them. They had seen firsthand the miraculous take place. And right now, they thought it was time to go. Oh, Jesus has ascended into heaven. It's time to go. These disciples had seen Jesus heal blind eyes. These these disciples had seen Jesus walk on the water. These disciples had seen Jesus just step up right in the face of the storm and say, peace, be still. Let's, Let's go. This is our time. This is what he trained us for. He's conquered death. You know, let's go. Go out into the world and make disciples. Yeah, I, I heard him say that. Yeah, we, we have conferences centered around go, right? With, with the green light, go, go, go. You can hear uh, motivational talks about, about going, about, about going. But Jesus ascended to heaven and said, wait. Wait for the promise. You talk about a potential blow to morale. It would be easy for doubt and skepticism to creep in and perhaps insecurity, uncertainty, lack of confidence, questions being asked. Their security in life under the threats by all accounts, the the logical decision at that time, even for their personal safety. And, you know, we we need to get out ahead of this narrative. There's people that haven't heard about Jesus uh, being risen from the grave and ascending to heaven. We need to get out and tell people about this. But Jesus told them to wait, to wait for the promise. Jesus said he would be with us, but he told us to wait. Though they were attacked with all of the factors previously mentioned, they still chose to wait. And had they not waited, we would have never had the outpouring of his spirit on the day of Pentecost. I tell you today, before you go, You have to wait. And God is calling on someone right now to wait. Because there is a promise from the Father. There is a promise that He has given you that is heading your way. Isn't that crazy? I bet there are some of you right now who have never considered that God would make it your calling to wait. We pray for callings on our lives and our children's lives. But remember, it may not be what you had in mind. You may be today in this season of waiting. A season of the unknown, but a season of faith and trust. Before you can go, you have to wait. The armies of Judah and Israel were stranded in the desert. They had expected to be defeating the Moabites. And instead, they were dying of thirst. Elisha, God's prophet, said, Start digging ditches because I serve a God who promises to send water. Could you imagine what these soldiers thought when Elisha told them this? Uh, listen, 
Listen, Elijah, you stick to the spiritual things. We are men of war. I've been trained with the with the sword. I have many years of battle experience. I'm I've been a soldier. It's in me to be a soldier. My daddy was a soldier. My grandfather was a soldier. If we're going to defeat this army, it's going to be because of our valor. But God's prophet said, get to digging. Eventually laying down their swords and their shields, they took up their shovels. Though dehydrated and in desperate need of water, they began to dig. The next morning they woke up to find the trenches brimming with fresh water. Enough for every one of their needs. But the story doesn't end there. The Moabites on the distant mountaintop saw the sun reflecting on water. And they thought it was blood. Assuming the armies of Judah and Israel had annihilated each other, the Moabites casually went in and they were attacked and defeated. Had God sent water right when they asked for it, they would not have been capable of even receiving it. God didn't just meet their immediate need, but God gave them a sustainable supply Because they faithfully waited for the promise. And not only did God send them water, but he also used that water that he sent to confuse the enemy and set them up to be defeated. So I say all that to say this. Waiting isn't sitting around on our hands, living aimlessly with whatever happens attitude. Waiting will first humble you. Waiting will make you put your sword and shield down those comforts that you've been trained on that you thought that this is the only way that the enemy could ever be defeated. Waiting will make you put those things down and waiting will make you pick up a shovel. And we must have the mindset that while I'm waiting, I'm working. And while I'm waiting, I'm digging. And while I'm waiting, I'm praising. And while I'm waiting, I'm worshiping. While I'm waiting, I'm rejoicing. I wonder if somebody could wait with me right now. What's it look like to wait? I wonder, while I'm waiting, I'm praising. While I'm waiting, I'm lifting up my voice. While I'm waiting, when the praise team starts singing, I just can't keep my feet still. While I'm waiting, I'm shouting out the name of Jesus. While I'm waiting, I'm speaking faith. While I'm waiting, I'm speaking joy. Oh, giving praise to God after he's done something, that's called gratitude. But giving him praise in advance before he does something, that's called faith. I'm living by faith. Lord, I can wait. Lord, this is what it looks like to wait. I've got faith that the promise that you gave to me, that you're going to answer. Because as our brother told us earlier, you're never going to leave me or forsake me. There's a promise that's going to come true if I will continue to wait. Give him a shout of praise right now. Oh, can you wait right now? Does anybody have a promise? Does anybody have a promise? Because I got news for you. While you're waiting, he's working. While you're praising, he's putting the pieces together. While you're unwavering in your commitment, he's strategizing victory over the enemy. If you'll learn how to wait. Oh, Father, you're a group of people right now in the promised church. Lord, we know how to wait. Lord, we know that you're going to answer that need we have. Lord, we know that you're going to make a way when there is no way. You're bringing my son and my daughter home. You're going to make financial provision in my life. Lord, you're going to heal my body. Lord, I'm going to continue to wait faithfully in the name of Jesus. Give him one more hand clap of praise. Oh, because God gave you a promise. God's got a promise on every single one of your lives. But you may not be capable of receiving it just yet. You might have to put that sword down in your life. Those comforts that you've been so accustomed to, you might have to lay those things down and pick up a shovel. I'll do whatever it takes for that promise to be revealed. We don't know why we have to wait. If you want that promise in your life, it will be revealed to you that God is fighting for you and working on your behalf. Waiting is the most difficult of commandments. To wait reveals that there is perfect timing for God's plan. Behind the scenes. 
God is orchestrating more than we could fully understand. Could you imagine what would have happened if the apostles had grown impatient with God's plan? 1 Corinthians 15, 6 tells us that Christ appeared to 500 disciples and commanded them to wait on the promise. But we read that the promise came initially to the 120 who obeyed and waited. We must be patient and trust God and trust in the plan of God for our lives. There is a purposeful divine delay. Even though we may not fully understand, when we choose to wait, we position ourselves for God's promise. And it's during those times that we have to simply be obedient and trust that God is in control over every facet of our lives. It's in those times when I'm called to wait. I don't feel like coming to church tonight, but I'm going to be there because I know how to wait. I've worked all day. I've been in school all day. I don't know if I can give God any worship, but I'm going to anyway because I know how to wait. Jesus told the apostles plainly that there were some things that were not yet going to be revealed, some things that would be unknown to them. But every single individual under the sound of my voice with whatever uncertainty lies in your life, let this time of uncertainty be proof that God is orchestrating some things in our life. And even when I don't see it, He's working. And even when I don't feel it, He's working. The lids of your Bible, God's infallible Word, are filled with people who lived in times of uncertainty and insecurity. And it's about a people who had to rely on God. And it's about a God who showed up on time every single time. But we've got to learn how to wait. I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. But I know what I can do right now. I can give him a shout of praise. I don't know what next week, I don't know what's going to take place, but I'm not going to sit on my hands and let my mind wander into negativity and complain. If I've got to keep six foot of distance from my neighbor, let that just be, I've got more room to praise God. I've got more room to extend my arms and not hit somebody. I've got more room to lift up my hands. If I've got to wear a mask to church, I'll wear a mask in church. Nothing shall separate me. Nothing will keep me out of his presence. Because I know, and I've got the mindset how to wait. If I have to pick up a shovel and dig, whatever it takes, I'm going to get my promise. I'm going to get my promise. Whatever it takes. God, you've given me a promise. I don't care what the scoffers say. I'm not going to allow doubt and weariness to enter into my mind. I'm going to wake up every morning in expectation that God is going to deliver every promise that he has for me. Because I know how to wait. I know how to wait. Musicians, come. That waiting game you're in right now is only for a season. And he's going to release power from on high on your life if you know how to wait. But you got to know how to wait. you got to have a mindset to know how to wait. I'm going to remain faithful while I wait. Anytime the doors of this house are open, I'm going to be here. I'm not even going to wait for Brother Christian to sing that first note. I'm going to be up on my feet praising and rejoicing, setting an atmosphere of praise. Because as your word says, you inhabit the praise of your people. And when I start to lift up that name of Jesus and lift up that name that's on high, he's going to begin to take residency in my situation. He's going to start intervening on my behalf. And he's given me promise after promise that he is going to fulfill. We see the disciples, while they were waiting, what were they doing? They were still gathering together, not forsaking the assembling of themselves together. They were all in one accord and in one place, waiting together on the promise. They weren't for sure if that's when it was going to happen. They weren't for sure if that was the time that God was going to pour out His Spirit. But they said, we're going to gather in expectation of it happening. And I know we live in an uncertain time. And I know that we're having to take precautions because of this virus. And I completely understand that we're having to do that too. 
But any time that the live feed is on, any time there's an opportunity to assemble together, any time that I can pray at this altar, it may be the time, that might be the time that God gives me the promise. Promises are revealed when we gather together and faith is unleashed. Promises are revealed when I keep my eye on what He has promised. So I ask you, Can you worship? Can you worship while you wait? Can you rejoice while you wait? As I mentioned earlier, thanking him after he's fulfilled the promise. Well, that's gratitude. Anybody can do that. But thanking him before he does it, that's waiting with faith. Our examples of waiting from Simeon and the disciples. Our, our uh, examples of waiting from Simeon and the disciples is it's not sitting around twiddling our thumbs, asking questions every day. Well, when's it going to happen? Pastor Loveless, when are we going to get back to the way they, that we used to be? When are we going to get back? To, I hope we never get back to the way things used to be. Let this time of uncertainty be proof that God is moving in a way that we have never seen before. Let it create in me a new appreciation and a new revelation for how important it is to enter into your house. I rebuke every spirit and every tongue that says... That this year is cursed because I believe before the end of 2020 that your promise can be revealed. I believe that what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. I believe that revival can be birthed out of a pandemic. I believe a stronger prayer life can be birthed out of these restrictions. I believe that I can praise God more than ever before. Regardless of how many mandates might be placed on my life. Go ahead and stand with me. Can we wait? Oh, Pastor Loveless, this, oh, this, this world sure is getting bad. Well, no kidding. Have you read the... the um, thanks a lot. Have you not read your Bible? Some people walk around shocked every single day. Oh, I can't believe uh, this is happening. I can't believe that is happening. And Folks, our job is to preach the good news, the gospel, that Jesus Christ crucified, resurrected, ascended into heaven. And every single individual, when you take on his name, when you've repented of your sins, he has a promise, a promise that he is going to fill you with his spirit. That's what we're about. We're not walking around talking about doom and gloom because guess what? That's always going to be there. It's going to get worse. But in this last day, no matter how dark it gets, I'm going to scream a little louder. I'm going to shout a little louder. Hey, I'm waiting. I'm waiting with expectation. Let me tell you about the good news. Let me get online and tell you about the good news of Jesus Christ. It's about, Simeon showed us about being devout in spirit. It's about knowing, because the enemy will attack your mind. It's about knowing that you can find Jesus in this house. It's continuing to gather in faith like the disciples. It's continuing to give our first fruits as they did on the day of Pentecost and preaching the name of Jesus with repentance, getting baptized in the name of the one that died for you and receiving the promise of the Holy Ghost we like Simeon and the disciples we're the same as they are as we wait on the Lord tonight yes we wait for the promises he has given us on our lives but we also are waiting on his return Simeon waited on his birth the disciples and we waited on his spirit to be poured out and we tonight wait for his second coming Hebrews 9, 28 tells us, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting on Him. I want you to know today, I'm thankful to be with a church body who is committed to living that heat like He could come at any single moment. There's oil in the lamp at the promise. There's oil in the lamp at the promise. This church is led by the Spirit. This church is devout. If they say nothing else about us, 
Let them describe us like Simeon being remembered as a devout, living a life without reproach in our conversation and every facet of our life. Let us, like the disciples, continue to gather, never forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, knowing that this is a house of healing, a house of revelation, and a house of faith. Let us wait by preaching that every soul needs to repent and be baptized in the saving name of Jesus Christ and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, that promise. Because that promise is for every single person. And He wishes no one to perish. If you would, close your eyes right now as we pray. There are some of you under the sound of my voice that are dealing with some pretty extreme circumstances. It might be a disease. It might be in your finances. It might be a, in your marriage relationship. It might be a, a relationship with your family. Whatever the situation, you, you're, you're wanting to get an answer and, you, and you've continued to wait. Maybe it's a lost loved one. And it seems that you've tried everything and you've remained faithful. God's speaking to us through His Word tonight. And He's saying, keep doing what you're doing. Because I'm going to pour out my Spirit and your promise is going to be fulfilled because you know how to wait. Whatever the need is right now, I wonder if you would lift your hands and say, Father, you can find me faithful right now. Regardless of what enemy comes my way, regardless of what giant steps onto that battlefield, regardless of Pharaoh on my back, and the sea ahead of me. I'm giving you everything that I have. And I'm going to wait. I know how to wait. I'm going to praise you while I wait. I'm going to worship you while I wait. I'm going to lift your name up, the name of Jesus, while I wait. I'm going to rejoice while I wait. I'm going to be faithful while I wait. I've got the mindset that nothing is going to be able to stop me. Nothing is going to keep me from getting the promise that you have bestowed for me. Because I have undoubtedly know that it's going to happen each and every day. I wake up with expectation. I know that my son is going to come home. The father told his servants get that ring shiny. Get that robe, iron it. Get those sandals ready every day because today is the day. Today is the day that my son's coming home and your son's coming home for whatever that situation is in your life. God's ready to answer your promise right now. God's ready to reveal some things in your life right now because you've remained faithful. If you'll just open up to him right now and say Jesus Jesus thank you. Thank you Father. Thank you Father. I'm unwavering in my faith in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining our podcast. We want to invite you to our church Wednesdays at 7 o'clock, Sunday afternoons at 345. We want to say thank you for joining us and also tune in next time for our podcast, Messages from the Promise. <laughs>